The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Bright Pearl, the number one retail operating system for e-commerce, multi-channel retail brands, and wholesalers who want to grow fearlessly. There can be things that can go wrong, for sure. Uh, I think it's most probable that things will go wrong, but either way, you should probably involve and make the best out of it. Personalization is a huge buzzword in this industry and a lot of times people use the word personalization without actually knowing exactly what they mean. We actually go in and analyze on a much more subtle level what's in the image, what's in the text you actually write and, and get the more subtle nuances which aren't explicitly there. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking with a 19-year-old founder of a company called Depict, and we're going to be going through how AI can essentially help you with product recommendations. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital-native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kumle Campbell. Does your fast-growing online retail business stand out from the pack? Have you taken huge growth leaps in the last year? If so, step up and be in the running for Bright Pearl's Lightning 50, the definitive list of the fastest growing online businesses in the UK and US. Head over to brightpearl.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunay Campbell, and this is a podcast dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. So each week on this podcast, we interview a commerce expert, a founder of a digital native consumer brand, or representative from a best-in-class commerce SaaS product with a tight remit to give you ideas that you could test right away in your brand so you can improve commerce growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, um, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value. We are here to help you sell more sustainably to your customer base and to the market, essentially. Now, today's episode is a very special one. I was in awe um, from start to finish with this interview because 
who I interviewed was more a prodigy more than anything else. He's a 19-year-old dropout, high school dropout, running an e-commerce SaaS platform called Depict. Now, Depict recently raised 20 million US dollars in funding, and he um, he he has a team size of about 31. And this this chap is 19. No, just just listen me out. Listen to me. Listen out. Listen to this. He's 19. He's raised 20 million dollars solving product recommendation issues using artificial intelligence. And we get into the algorithm. I really, really drill him as to the challenges we face as e-commerce marketers or you know e-commerce people and how he's using artificial intelligence to solve product recommendation challenges. And he also gives challenges, you know, their constraints in terms of, you know, um, AI is only as good as, um, you know, the volume of information you give it to learn. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Um, he's a very, very charming chap. Um, and um, he worked in Klarna. If, if, you, if you know Klarna, he was one of the early employees in, in Klarna. He's lived in Singapore. Um, he, I think it was like a, not think, he was a machine learning engineer at uh, Klarna. And um, yeah, he joined YC Combinator at 17. Um, and yeah, very, very, very phenomenal episode. Um, you will be, you'll be, you, you'll be impressed. And then towards the end, I talk about mindfulness, you know, just his, he, he, he talks about how mindfulness actually is a very important pillar in his life. And even off, off um, recording, we really go into some questions. I question mindfulness about meditating. What do you do when you get ideas, when you're meditating? Because, you know, meditation is all about like, you know, thoughts coming in and, you know, leaving you and you're just observing. And um, he, he answered, you know, a question on that one. Um, but yeah, phenomenal episode. Enjoy this episode. It's, it's a really special one. And um, do let me know what you think. Um, and he, he offers, he really understands at that age, he really understands the challenges in commerce, which I found phenomenal. Really, very, very interesting anyway. So enjoy this episode. Um, I shall catch you on the other side. And yeah, cheers. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Hey, Oliver, it's a pleasure having you on the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Welcome. Thank you. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Now, there is so much to, to say, you know, you know, about you. You're, you're 19 years old. You, you're, you're, you're running an e-commerce SaaS platform based on AI. Um, you know, you're a YC, um, you know, graduate. Um, 
and there, you have 40, 47 members in your team. Um, you've raised over $20 million. It's, it's incredible. Um, I've said a little, but do you mind giving listeners a story, your story to date, you know, as a 19-year-old founder of an e-commerce platform, you know, based out in, in um, Stockholm? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot to talk about, but I'll I'll do it like this. So um, I'm one of those people who got into like programming quite early. I really, really like computers. And um, when I was younger, I played a lot of Minecraft. So if you have kids and they play Minecraft, that's that's good since path path to success yeah yeah you can like if they get bored of it they can actually you can actually go in and change the code behind minecraft so Hmm. it's like a great segue to learn coding so that's how i learned coding and then after i kind of did that i realized hey you can do more things than just change minecraft with programming and i made my first smartphone app and then you kind of get that bug of building things and doing things which previously seemed like things in the adult world, but you realize, oh, I can do stuff in the adult world and age doesn't matter to the same extent. So that's how I got into coding. And uh, when I was around 13 to 14 years old, I read a book about AI, artificial intelligence. And, and, And I kind of see that as a very, uh, yeah, trans- like big thing for me since that book explained why AI and its development could probably be the most impactful thing for humanity ever. Uh, it's possible that we could create a super, an AI which can do most of the tasks we have that humans do today. And uh, I found that really inspiring. What's the name of the book? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, uh, super intelligence, super mm. intelligence by Nick Bostrom. So it's a little bit nerdy, um, but it, it worked for me. Uh, and and by reading that book, I basically decided this is my life mission. I want to work on this, and there can be things that can go wrong for sure. Uh, I think it's most probable that things will go wrong, but either way, you should probably involve and make the best out of it. Uh, so I dropped a lot of school related things and just went all in on that. I took like- How old were you at the time? Yeah, 13, 14 years old. So I'm kind of obsessive. Uh, and uh, you took like this online university courses to learn like the fundamental algorithms. And then I used to build stuff. I learned by doing things and building. So I built stuff and then I uploaded my code, my AI code to the internet. And through that, uh, when high school was approaching, I uh, got in touch with Klarna. They they're big in the e-commerce world, yeah. right? So and- so so back in um, 2017, also I interviewed the founder of um, Klarna, Nicholas oh, nice. Alderberth. Um, and at the time, he was young. Um, uh-huh. Not to say he's not still young, but like I was yeah. like amazed again. And you guys both come from Sweden, so is there a thing about the environment um, as to supporting young entrepreneurs, young tech entrepreneurs there out in Sweden? 
Um, that's a great question. I don't, I, I don't have anything specific I could pinpoint to. I think we, it, we have a good uh, kind of societal system where like taking a risk and like failing with your company, there's, there's a system where you can fall back on it. Mm-hmm. And a social welfare system that could probably be something around that. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't actually have anything specific. Okay, no worries, no worries. Yeah, we're quite IT proficient. You know, we're yeah. early adopters of a lot of things. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So, sorry for cutting you short. So, so um, you were you were building. You got you got the attention of Klarna, and then mm-hmm. and then what what happened? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I took this like summer internship with them, and then I think they got impressed or something by by the Kadu, and I started working at Klarna in this like AI research team there. And you know, instead of going to these you know lectures about I don't know uh, like yeah, some history stuff or whatever, you know, I was actually, you know, doing stuff in the real world and doing what I wanted to do, like, to start with, even after university. So I kind of felt that um, I just want to double down on this. I dropped out of high school uh, then, actually, and just went all in on working on AI. And it was during that time where the idea of the PICT came about the company I have today, since you have one foot within kind of the latest developments in AI, but also one foot in e-commerce and seeing the needs of the merchants. And what was very clear was, like if you look at Amazon, for instance, uh, Amazon, they have a great track record of building an organization where they can apply the latest AI research to various parts of their organization and seeing great business, quantifiable business impact as a result of that. And if you look at product recommendations, which is what we at the PIC do, uh, they, I, I think there was a McKinsey report that said that 35% of Amazon sales can be somehow attributed to the recommendation engine. And uh, if you look at talks with Jeff Bezos, he's always so bullish about the recommendations and what he always talks about it. So at Amazon has got great impact out of that. But if you look at the rest of the industry, it's not like that at all, uh, I would say. It's way behind. And that's primarily due to the fact that uh, modern AI requires a lot of data. Uh, in this case of product recommendations, a lot of user data to function well. And most of the industry don't have as much data as Amazon. So there you have a big problem. So the idea of the PICT is like, can we provide a product recommendation engine that requires less user data by looking at other data sources, for instance, the product catalog information, and through that democratize Amazon level product recommendations to everyone in e-commerce and then eventually doing much more than product recommendations. So uh, I started this company at 17. Uh, it's pretty special, you know, it's one thing building the product and then it's one thing to sell it, for instance, right? Uh, I didn't have as much connections and so forth. So that was 
an interesting learning experience doing other things outside than tech. But uh, it's been going pretty well so far. Uh, we, as you mentioned, we raised over uh, 20 million US dollars. Uh, now we're over 37 people at the company. We have most of our customers are right now are in the, in the Nordics, but we have Staples, Office Depot, uh, Björn Borg, the uh, tennis player brand there. Um, we, we've gotten more quick commerce companies yeah. actually using us. So yeah, it's going pretty well, I would say. It's going, going yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty well. Yeah. So, so at the heart of all you do at Depict is artificial intelligence, AI. Um, how would you also say personalize? What's your take on personalization um, yeah. and its convergence with AI? Yeah, that's a great question. So personalization is a huge buzzword in this industry. And a lot of times people use the word personalization without actually knowing exactly what they mean. Uh, you can do great personalization with the use of AI, yes, but you, you don't have to use AI to do personalization, I would say. And what if you, I don't know, write the, configure a rule so that we've done this with uh, some of our customers so that if someone enters your product detail page from Google Shopping, you make the recommendation bar a little bit more visible since uh, you, we found that usually if you don't find the right product directly after you click on your Google Shopping ad, then you still close the tab and go to a competitor, right? That's a very simple form of personalization, but very efficient. So just simple rules like that, where, where you're informed by what the customer wants and needs, uh, that can work great as well. So uh, that's how I would say it. Okay. Okay, so... Um, obviously, you mentioned Amazon and a few other, you know, um, quite um, huge organizations at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amazon has, you know, billions, you know, if not millions of data, of touch points, of, um, either first party data, zero party data, um, to, to really hone in on the personalization out for, um, for, for, for other players, other commerce operators. Um, what what is the threshold from the perspective of catalog size mm. and variety, um, yeah. as as well as um, traffic, um, mm. and, and this is like individual user data, um, mm. not necessarily just traffic, because you know I could potentially browse on my mobile and you know later on on my desktop. So from a user profile standpoint, and um, a catalog size, you know, um, standpoint. When do they start to? When do retailers start to really benefit mm-hmm. from um, the impact of you know AI-driven, um, you know, um, product recommendations? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So it's definitely true that the bigger the catalog you have, the the more leverage you get out to, especially product recommendations, and you can do some personalization with smaller catalog sizes and still get great impact out of that. But uh, yeah, if you have like 50 50 products on on your site, then you you can always find what you want in somewhat relatively easy way, right? But if you have a thousand plus products, then suddenly 
there's so much you can do, right? Uh, what we 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 have around the minimum threshold of 300 products for someone to work with the picked. Uh, but the more products, the better. Uh, our largest customer has over 16 million SKUs. So uh, then, what, what, then what platform is that? What, what, who's, who, what retailer is that? Uh, it's, a, it's a customer called CDON. CDON. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you, if our recommendation algorithm thinks they it wants to recommend you something, but the product is not in your catalog, then there's not that much you can do, right? So you kind of need need a playing room to to do stuff, and so so that's something which is very relevant. And, and then you mentioned kind of traffic. Um, well, if you don't have traffic to start with, you know we help to a much further extent convert the customer on the site and make them loyal and increase the average order value with product recommendations. <coughs> so you, if you don't have the traffic, then you probably should solve your traffic problem first, but uh, it's, it's also relative. So, uh, you know, if, if you, if you have sizable traffic and, and, uh, you, you, you think you can improve your kind of experience for the customer, then using something like the picks becomes very, very relevant. Since if you try to use the traditional methods to do product recommendations, which requires a lot of user data, as I said, and uh, what that specifically means is you say something like people who bought this product also bought this product, right? Others also bought or people who watch this product also watch that product. If you try to do that and you don't have as much traffic and user data where it has happened before, right? Then the recommendations become pretty weird. Oh, someone just happened to buy this product with this product. And maybe you're some more niche drop shipping business where you have a lot of products and less traffic, then the recommendations becomes very weird. But what this pick can do is we can take into account much more context especially the product information. So for instance, understanding what, what, what are you actually selling here? And through that, even though you don't have any historical uh, transaction data or user data, we can still do uh, great recommendations. So uh, yeah. That's interesting, interesting. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, 
increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Just looking at your website, there, there seems to be different touch points for recommendations. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking at the front page, for instance, um, on the products page. So the recommendations on the on category pages. I want to speak to category pages in the sense that is a recommendation what they see, like the the most likely products listed on my product catalog page that I'm likely to click on, or is this another block within the um, you know, yeah. category page in which you then say, hey, these are the products we recommend. Yeah, that's a great question. So what you mentioned in the beginning there was the category listings, right? You can sort by price, sort by relevance, sort by popularity, and then you can filter through various tags and categories. Um, we, This isn't as normal uh, for customers, but some customers... Uh, ask for having some sort of recommendation carousel on top of that listing or below that listing okay. where they can, for instance, highlight uh, yeah, various products they think depicts, uh, let's say they, don't, they, they have less of a sophisticated category listing uh, algorithm and they really think that the picked has been proving that we provide a lot of value through our AI, we can kind of provide more relevance there, personalize what, what, what you've seen before, or you maybe just want to push, uh, yeah, push products which are important for your business, higher margin products, uh, private label products, newly launched products, and so forth. So uh, that, that, that specific carousel is uh, less normal uh, for customers, but some have it. Interesting, super, super interesting. And then um, you mentioned there's one point you mentioned around moving, using moving from using the data, using your experience from 
product recommendations into other things. Do you want to just shed a bit more light on the other insights AI-driven product recommendations can um, can, can sort of deliver um, from a value perspective? Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So uh, when we recommend products, we we kind of by default need to know something about your user and your products to start with, right? So there, there are some insights there and we're working on figuring out how we can kind of use those insights in our portal, for instance, to, to kind of display those things. We, for instance, know, oh, you maybe you have a very, very poor click-through rate on this kind of product attribute um, yeah. in general. Or maybe when you show this kind of product to this kind of customer, they, they really like it. And probably if you figure out uh, marketing, can like a targeted marketing campaign for that customer with this specific product, then you can get a lot of leverage out of that. So those things are uh, things which are very, very interesting, I would say. Um, then in, in terms of other, other insights, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things we can do, I think. Uh, we, our customers definitely have been asking for more things like that. So that's something we're uh, working on to incorporate. Super, super interesting. Um, <clears throat> so with, with Depict, um, another sort of question I wanted to ask was the AI components. And you've really, really sort of made a point that you're not, user-driven in terms of making the product recommendations. So you're taking in um, more more like what happens on the site, patterns, you know, traffic patterns. Are there any other data points your AI system actually picks um, in store to to make the perfect recommendation, yeah. product recommendation to, to each session? Yeah, I, I would say that number one thing uh, existing product recommendation engines have been missing is uh, incorporating the product information in a good mm. way. So understand what what products are you actually selling. Uh, now, most product recommendations they see products as IDs, uh, some like SQ yeah. product ID, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, and mm. then they see oh this ID correlates a lot with this ID. And right. for some reason, we should recommend it. But we have tons of more context since we apply AI on, for instance, <laughs> the images. So, okay. you know, okay, what are the pattern? What's the pattern right. of this uh, dress, let's say? What, what, uh, what kind of brand does it came from and so forth? And then we right. combine that with the little user data they have, so we're still user-driven, uh, but then you have so much more context you can recommend. Yeah. recommend yeah. Makes makes a ton of sense. So, so essentially, you your AI can identify that this is a phone, this yeah. is an iPhone, yeah. and yeah. and and all of a sudden your AI knows, you know, what that entity is the iPhone its potential uses, you know, when yeah. people buy an iPhone, the next thing they want to buy is a case, for instance, yeah. Yeah. or a charger, an extra charger. 
and and then you have that context of what exactly it is rather than just an id and then you you combine that with all the other data points that's clever that's super freaking clever yeah interesting most most merchants you know you 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 maybe have your tags and so forth mm, from like sq we go far beyond than just what's in your product feed we actually go in and analyze on a much more subtle level, what's in the image, what's in the text you actually write, right. and, and get the more subtle nuances which aren't explicitly there. Okay, so you're training an AI bot, however you want to call it, to be almost like a shopping assistant. Yeah, and yeah. Saying, hey, you know, um, you got this blazer from our store, you're looking at it, you're trying it on, you know, these pair of shoes will really work. Um, mm-hmm something like that because you you now have full context of what exactly that blazer is the color mm-hmm. and you know um it's learning essentially from prior exactly. history as well as its real applic its utility yeah exactly exactly all right all right all right all right that makes that makes a ton of sense now um Another question I had was with integration. Um, so a lot of brands, a lot of SaaS companies that come on the show will tend to say, hey, um, we only, at the moment, um, we've launched for Shopify, you know, Shopify Plus. They're built for Shopify yeah. initially. And then they start to extend. Now, on your website, you have Shopify, obviously. You have Storm, Shop, Salesforce, EpiServer, BigCommerce, Magento, and many more even WooCommerce, um, how easy, I mean, you've, you've been around for one year. Mm-hmm. How, how have you been able to, to cater for, um, for such a, a spread um, from an e-commerce platform standpoint? Yeah, so, you know, what, what we realized pretty early when talking to these e-commerce merchants was that, like, one of the biggest problems they have is, like, IT capacity of some sort. You kind of know what you want to do, but you have a hodgepodge of systems and you need someone who knows how to code to integrate this. And, and that's very frustrating when for us when you know that we provide a fantastic service and if you can just get it live on the site, we'll know it works, right? So we've invested a ton of products and like we built our organization around ensuring that the integration is as seamless as possible. Uh, We are completely platform agnostic. Uh, If you built your own in-house thing, we can integrate with you as well. And what the only thing you need to integrate is add a script, a tag to your website, uh, give us a product feed, a link to a product feed and share your account with us through Google Analytics. Then you're done. And then we ingest a recommendation bar to the site. Doesn't affect loading speed or anything like that. And how how can that happen? Well, we've we've done some pretty innovative things to be able to integrate through this tag. That's kind of where the secret sauce is and kind of doing most of the bulk of the integration work through this script that you add to the site in the same way you add like a Facebook or Google pixel to the site. And um, um, yeah, that means we do a little bit of work from our end to set this up. But from your perspective, it's very, very seamless in, in that way. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I, you know, I, 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 I definitely consider you an e-commerce expert, um, mm-hmm. given what you guys are doing. Um, from the um, number of retailers you're supporting, um, what do you think is the number one distinguishing factor that um, separates a, a best of breed e-commerce operator or e-commerce brand from others? Yeah, number one thing. So I have to double down a little bit on, I want to say IT capacity of some sort, but that's not actually what I want to say. What I want to say is how fast can you make changes to your kind of setup or your site and iterate, right? How fast can you actually do changes, track your track the results of that, and kind of have a fast feedback loop around that? That's something which a lot of e-commerce sites are struggling with. But if you have those foundation in place and can be kind of a very data-driven uh, merchant, and you 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 can go from oh, I have a hypothesis. I can actually implement the changes to the site or my marketing campaign or whatever to prove that hypothesis and then actually measure the results. If you can go through that cycle very efficiently, then that's something which will set you apart uh, among many, many things. There's so there is very multifaceted thing e-commerce, right? So there's many things you can uh, focus on. The shipping and logistics is of course something which is extremely important, which yeah. I touch less on. For instance, yeah, yeah. So, so, so on the one hand, is that operational agility, um, yeah. just driven by data, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, um, just taking action, really, you know, insights, yeah. hypothesis, action, feedback, and doing it over and over and over again. On the other hand, is caring about the customers, you mm-hmm. know, for through shipping times, and you know, saying you do what you do on time. Yeah, super insightful. Thank you for that. Um, before I let you go, um, I'd like to know, you, you mentioned um, a book initially. Um, what was the name of the book again? Um, I think it was Super Hyper Intelligence. Inter- um, yeah. Is there any other, is there any book you're currently reading you, you'd mm. like to share? Or, you know, any sort of, um, besides that book, any, um, any, any books that have made a pivotal, that could make a pivotal, um, you know, mindset change to, to listeners? Yeah. Um, um. I can give something outside of e-commerce and business. Sure. Yeah, um, I I would say a book called Waking Up by Sam Harris, actually. Uh, it talks about meditation, especially in quite a secular context. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, the author has, I think he's been like a monk for two years or something. and. Is this like PhD in neuroscience and so forth? So very kind of rational and scientific guy, but he bridge. I think he bridges kind of the two worlds of, let's say, Buddhism and spirituality and meditation and this science into a good way. And that book has made me pick up like a meditation habit and so forth. That that has really had a big impact on me, and I think can have. Uh, a lot of impact on others as well. What what kind of impact has meditation had on you? Mm, um, I think the biggest thing is you can have much more of a objective slash third-party perspective 
on whatever you're experiencing, uh, primarily your own thoughts, uh, you can actually be much more, yeah, you, you can be much more less attached to the thoughts. You, you don't take yourself as seriously. If you get really concentrated, what I found was that like, when, when a thought actually comes up into your mind stream, uh, there's, also, there's already been a lot of processing in your brain uh, subconsciously. And it's kind of not you to the same extent who are actually thinking this thought. And that's like a very... So, know, so almost like a video game. You're, you're a character yeah. in your own video game. Yeah, exactly. You can build much more of a perspective like that. And that helps right. you, like in our entrepreneurship, for instance, that helps you being just much more... You can dare to move a little bit faster. You can yeah. dare to take that risk and uh, acknowledge that at the end of the day, things are sort of fine. Uh, Super interesting. And, and how often do you meditate? Um, so I meditate one and a half hours a day right now. Whoa. I've been building up 90 to that. minutes. Yeah. And I, I, I do these uh, retreats as well. So okay. uh, I was in South Africa like six months ago or something. Yeah. And then it's like 10 hours a day for 10 days in a row. And you, you know, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. that really, yeah, really interesting experience. Really, so, really. So, at what time of the day do you set aside for meditation at the moment? Um, so, yeah, I, I sit in the morning. Uh, okay. Like half, half an hour after I wake up, roughly. And uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of, right now, I do a lot of meditation to build up your kind of concentration so that you can stay on an object of focus for a longer period of time. So that's, that's what I'm focusing on, on right now. And that, that's helped me also in kind of being more focused and work and so on. Interesting, really, really interesting stuff. Um, Oliver, yeah, we could go on and on and on. Um, you're yeah. by far one of the most interesting um, guests I've had on the show thus far. Um, wish you guys the best at depict you already you already have so much traction already anyway um both from a client perspective employee you know perspective and, and also um also rather headcount perspective and, and and also um you know your raise um thank you so much for for coming you know on the two xecoms podcast show for those yeah. people who want to sort of find out more about depict it's depict.ai that's d-i-p-i-c-t dot a-i um are you active on any social media platforms uh yeah linkedin so you can find okay. me on linkedin right. i think we're already connected on linkedin so i would will look okay. to your yeah. to your um to your to, to your linkedin profile your oliver alderman so it's ed H-O-L-M, you could search for, for Oliver on, on, on LinkedIn. We'll link him in, on the show notes. Thank you so much. Appreciate this conversation. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved.
Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.